Welcome to the IME Community Podcast, where self-love is your superpower to achieve your weight and life goals and make your mark in the world. Your host is Dr. Carla, activist MD. If you're a teen who's looking to revolutionize your health and can't wait to follow your dreams, welcome to the IME Community. to the Ask Dr. Carla IME Community Podcast. I'm excited you're here. Welcome to September Story versus Facts. We're going to do some major diet culture and thinking belief upgrades today. It is going to disrupt everything and how you've been thinking forever. So if you're a parent, I'm so excited you're here. If you're a teen, I'm really excited you're here. If you're a doctor, I'm really excited you're here. If you're none of the last three I mentioned, I'm excited you're here too, because the thing is diet culture and thinking and how it affects our lives and the beliefs and beliefs are a powerful thought on a loop in your brain. Most of the time left unchallenged, they're optional. Remember thoughts are like a rainbow. Here's my thought rainbow. Okay. They just come and they go. They're a sentence in your mind. They're a cloud going by and you are the quiet confidence of the blue sky. Ah, thoughts are optional. You are not your thoughts. Oh my gosh, what am I? Who am I if I'm not my thoughts? You may be thinking. You are a beautiful, higher consciousness spirit. I don't know. You figure that part out, but I'm just here to tell you, you are not your thoughts. Thoughts are optional. And same goes with beliefs. It doesn't mean that, you know, a lot of your beliefs you've been taught or, you know, oh my gosh, I have all these things I believe in. And those are my true values in life. And I'm going to push on that a little bit because I think uh, we confuse sometimes beliefs with our values. And, you know, this is going to be an opportunity for you to, to start thinking differently about some things. And it's kind of interesting when you think about all the ways that we think about things and that we've kind of been stuck in it, even though it's like harmful, it's super unfun. It's super unfunny like diet culture i just wrote an article published on doctors and social media about that and you know we can choose to laugh more and have more fun and let go of what's fixed and limited and doesn't serve us in our life and create beliefs on purpose that do and i believe and i'm here to help coach you to create beliefs on purpose that are going to unlock your unlimited potential to create any life that you want okay and it starts with recognizing that September is story versus facts is what I'm calling it. That's the theme. So I've been doing a year of self-love superpower mantras. I write these things. So I'm nine months in every day and I write them the last few months I've been doing it. Like I sit down and I think of the theme and I think about what's coming up on TikTok because I'm on it all the time. I hope you're following Dr. Carla 
or at IME community on TikTok because it's awesome. And I've gotten like 30,000 new followers recently and I had a viral post. So it's really cool. And I, I love rubbing that in the face of my daughter who I just dropped off at college. No, just kidding. Um, Cause she's always like, mom is so embarrassing. I'm like, okay, look at this. It's resonating. It's hitting, you know, she's like, you're on TikTok too much. You do too many virals. You're going to, or too many videos. You do too many, uh, not too many virals. Dang it. Uh, too many videos. You're going to confuse the algorithm. Mm, Audrey. Anyway, I miss her. She's at college. So that's my second child who I dropped off at college. And believe me, teens, you know, we want you to be empowered and go off and live your amazing lives, but toss your parents a bone. It is really hard. We do miss you so much. And, you know, don't get us wrong. We want you to leave. Okay. At some point. Um, but but it's really hard. It's like a loss. It's like a, makes me get kind of emotional thinking about it. Um, it feels like it just kind of happened too fast. And it's like, oh, that's, that's it. Like that's, you know, nobody told me that it would go by that quickly. And um, it's not like you think, oh, I have so many regrets or I, there's so many things I wish I would have done. Cause you're, you know, putting together all these pictures and for graduation parties. And you're like, dang, I was in the mix of this kid's life. And I was, I was present and I was there and doing all the things. And, but it just is like a blur almost. And anyway, it's, it's a loss for us. And, and sometimes, you know, we worry. So, so let us, you know, when you, when we text answer us, um, when we ask questions, even if it's about just the logistics and what you had for lunch in the cafe or the cafeteria, um, you know, we'd like, we'd like to know the lowdown, even if it's pizza again, uh, we, we want to know if it's pepperoni or if it's cheese, uh, we want to know about your uh, Russian literature class that you're the only one in who hasn't taken years of Russian and the only freshman. And, uh, if we ask if that's okay, if you're sure that your advisor was okay with you taking it, um, be okay with us asking and don't tell us three clients tales of logistics. Anyway, let's get back to story versus facts. Okay, this is a really powerful tool uh, when it comes to life coaching because when you think about your brain, do you think about your brain? It's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird concept. Okay, thinking about your brain, your brain offers up tons of thoughts, like tens of thousands, you know, just constant thinking machine. Wow. Um, the problem is like most of them are unconscious. They're you know, there, there's some, some of them are weird. Some of them are just meaningless, but a lot of times we attach meaning to those thoughts and we believe them. And the problem is our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings drive our actions and our inactions and our actions create our results. Your current thoughts or beliefs create your current reality. And we, we blame other people. We blame our weight. We blame other people's actions, what they say, different circumstances in life. And those can cer certainly trigger thoughts, but it's really our attachment to thoughts and our inability to let them go. And when you have a belief, a belief is even a really, really super strong thought that's on it, just a loop in your brain. And you've never sat back and said, is that really true? Can I prove that that, tr that is true? Can I... What, can I look and reflect and think, hmm, how does that affect me? How do I react when I step back and sit back and kind of take a curious look at how 
staying attached to that belief or that thought is affecting me. How do I react? And hmm, it's hard to own our own crap, you know, own your shit, man. Um, and realize that maybe we don't have to stay stuck in that and that it's optional once you create awareness. Now you can stay stuck in it, but it's like, maybe I could think about that in a different way. Or if I keep getting the same result, why am I, uh, why am I, you know, staying attached to this? It's like, why do you keep hitting yourself? Keep hitting yourself, keep hitting yourself, keep hitting yourself. When you have, you know, this really amazing, fun party to have over there and you're like, no, I'm gonna stay home and keep hitting myself keep it myself, keep it myself. And life is over here in this fun party. And you're like, no, I'm going to stay at home and scroll my phone and keep it myself and keep it myself. No, I'm going to stay here and believe that my weight is equal to my health. And I'm going to stay over here and keep hitting myself and stay in diet culture thinking and all the BS that everyone has told me that I have to rise to some external standard and I'm gonna keep pursuing thin privilege, even though it's harmful and my body was not made to do that. And I wanna celebrate body diversity and I, and it doesn't really resonate with me. And it's, and why I'm gonna stay over here and restrict my calories, okay? I'm gonna stay over here and believe in the fake Instagram posts. And what if I told you like all of diet culture has been a lie? What would you say to that? People get really fixated. Believe me, I'm on TikTok and I'm disrupting it. And I'm saying obesity is hormonal. It's not caloric. It's not, your body is not a calories in, calories out machine. Your weight is not just simply the number of calories you eat minus what you burn off with exercise. And the cause of weight gain is not always just like simple overeating and lack of physical activity and lack of willpower and moral failing, like our society and diet culture, which is unfun, unfunny, harmful, restrictive, horrible, I hate it, let's let it go, let's stop hitting ourselves, uh, 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 and go out to our life as fun party, okay? So I'm gonna teach you to start challenging beliefs. Guess what? You can drop some of them like a book, like a really crappy book that you don't wanna read anymore. Bye, see ya, drop it. Drop it. You don't have to finish books that are grueling and horrible. And what happens when you do that? When you believe that, like I have to finish because you're going to make it mean something like I never finished what I started and, you know, beat yourself up and shame yourself, you know, like somebody else read it and they recommended it to me and I don't like it, but they love it. So there must be something wrong with me. No, you don't like it. It's okay. You got through the introduction. Good for you. Pat yourself on the back, stop hitting yourself and reading the book. Drop it like a book and move on. Have your own back. Do what resonates with you, what you think is fun. Diet culture is unfun. It's unfunny. It is harmful. Anytime we restrict calories, we're going to end up binging, okay? And so there's physiology, physiology. Oh my gosh, I should know how to say that word. I've been a doctor a long time. Um, there's physiology behind it. There's brain science. I'm so interested in it. And everything I coach you on, talk to you about, I've been through, I'm on TikTok talking about it all the time. I'm seeing what's kind of like hitting and resonating and this stuff's working really well, okay? All right, so let's challenge beliefs. Let's really challenge them. Your thoughts have a lot of power, okay? Because you, when you stay attached to them, like paint on a wall, 
and you don't challenge them or have awareness of even the thoughts that are coming up. So you may think, um, my, I coach a lot of parents on this. And so they think that, um, like I coached, uh, parents recently and their mom is bringing all of her diet culture and harms and her beliefs about her body and her past self into literally every single minute interaction with her kid. And it's causing harm. It's causing a riff in their relationship. It's certainly not helping her daughter create healthy habits. Cause this is the parents are like, we want her to create healthy habits and we want her to have self-confidence. Well, guess what? Let's rip the bandaid off of that because underneath that is more than that. It's like, of course we all want that for our kids and we wanna be a part of that, but we live in a superficial society. So even if you're a parent who isn't stuck in diet culture who maybe hasn't had any past diet trauma, which good luck if you're a Gen X parent, um, you know, we still have to deconstruct diet culture and thinking in our lives. And we have a lot of beliefs and things that come into every single interaction um, with our teens. And we get in their lane and we get into fix and solve and we get into overfunction, or maybe you get into underfunction if you're a parent. And your underfunction could look something like you just kind of like let it go. And you don't say anything, even if you're worried that your teen may have a binge eating disorder or that they they went to the doctor and the doctor said something about BMI that you're worried maybe triggered some harmful thoughts. And then your teen is maybe restricting food or is like not eating breakfast and skipping meals. And you're worried about that. Or I'm telling you, this pursuit of thin privilege and diet culture is so toxic. It is so internalized. And so much of us, so many of us parents have been through so much trauma that we operate from diet culture and thinking fear because the thought and the belief is like, they are going to be missing out. They are not going to be fitting in. They are going to be less successful. They won't be happy. They won't have thin privilege. So what do the parents want for the teen? They want social capital. Same thing with like when you want your teen, maybe you have good intentions, but it's just the reality is that is that that's what you're seeking for your teen is the social capital, like friends, um, success, that kind of like, you know, Instagram-y perfection that I, I can't stand. I don't like Instagram. Uh, Kardashianism, ism, you know, um, and so whether we like it or not, that's there. So I'm giving parents a lot of like tough love, self-love superpower stuff. Uh, but all of it's based on diet culture thinking and the beliefs that, that, that their child, their teen is going to be limited. Now, again, if you're a parent who's like, no, I'm like seriously concerned about my teen's health, awesome. The way to address creating healthy habits in your teen is definitely by joining with me and working with me <laughs> because we I mean community is the only thing out there right now that has this approach this self-love superpower approach that where I coach with compassion but I'm also addressing metabolic health and insulin resistance and so if you believe as a parent or that your teen's weight their health is all related to calories in minus calories out, you with good intention are going to push them 
to get, you know, like, I want you to exercise this amount of time. I want you to, you're going to get into compliance. You're going to get into their eating lane. When you get into your teens lane, when they're eating, a lot of parents do this. A lot of the teens I've coached have told me their parents do this. And it causes a lot of harm because what happens is it creates shame for being hungry. And so what I want you to do is flip that up if you're a parent and just start to, um, to normalize eating in front of other people. So having family meals, if you see your teen going to the cabinet and you're worried, oh my gosh, they're going to binge or they already ate dinner and they're going to the cabinet again, do not shame them. Say, hey, are you hungry? What sounds good? I mean, literally. And so normalize eating, eating in front of other people, ask, what are you hungry for? What sounds good? And don't judge and shame your teen when they're eating. Even if you have really good intentions and parents will say, well, I thought I was educating. It's like, let's, let's create some awareness around where that's coming from. And it isn't coming from a place of educating. Um, it's coming from a place of fear. It's coming from a place of like having some judgment and shame and some diet culture beliefs that then you're putting off into your team. Okay. And then the thing with like movement or limiting screen time, believe me, I made all these mistakes as a parent on the daily still. Okay. But I've worked really, really hard at, on it and life is hard. The work is hard for our teens, but it's so worth it as a parent. And it just, it does make it better. Okay. It does make it better. And it's worth the practice, practicing it with daily intentional habits practice. Okay. So the other thing is like, if you get in their lane about, okay, limit screen time and, um, which of course we want to have routine and structure and stuff like that, or you need to exercise this much. Then we have like a more compliance-based approach where we're just telling, when we, we tell somebody what to do, especially a teen, come on, nobody likes this. When we tell somebody what to do, then what happens is you get automatic negative emotion activation. So it's like, mm, just, you know, just think about it. Ooh, I hate it when people tell me what to do. I'm going to do the opposite. Like I'm going to kind of rebel, but I have that kind of in me. So maybe you don't, maybe you're nicer than me. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm good at challenging beliefs. I'm good at speaking up. I love it. Like this, one of my favorite things, but, um, I recognize that other people maybe have more, um, you know, negotiating skills than me, but I don't, I don't like that. When people tell me what to do, teens hate it. My teens hate it. It doesn't work usually. I mean, sometimes it does, of course, you know, like let's go to school. Come on. You're like, eh. but if you just, if you're just going in, like if my son's on the screens, like all morning, it's a Saturday today, he's been on screens a lot today. And then I'm, I'm cooking and doing stuff in the kitchen and I'm just like, these dishes are out. I start getting ticked at him for being on screens. And I'm thinking then I'm just, my brain's going down the rabbit hole and making it mean something. And then I'm like, Carla, I'm judging and shaming myself. I, I know those thoughts are coming up for me because I've done enough of this work that that's the pattern of thoughts that come up. You're you're never going to set limits with the screen time. You're too passive. Um, you're ineffective. Um, he's going to not be successful because he's on screens all the time. Um, you can't set any limits. Um, anyway, and then of course with the work I do, it's like you, you get these thoughts like, I mean, anybody who's a pediatrician even, but especially me, I'm coaching teens, you know, coaching parents, you're like, I have to get this right and be perfect, but that doesn't exist. And it's okay. You know, so a place of like self-compassion 
and then like, Hey, Andrew, you know, do you want to come down and let's get some lunch going and let's, you know, I'll help you make it. And here's the plan. Here's what I was thinking we could do this afternoon, practice driving. <sighs> My husband did it is out there practicing driving with him and just frightens me so much, but I, I had good intention. I was going to do that. I thought we could practice driving and, um, I need to run this errand. So do you want to go with me? And then it just kind of like disrupted it. And I didn't have to go down the rabbit hole of like even, a, even addressing this screen time then. Cause I'm just like, you know, the judging and shaming when we do that as a parent to ourselves and those thoughts are going to come up, but those are going to be pushed off because those are so uncomfortable. Uh, there's going to be resistance toward those and those are going to be pushed off onto our teens. And then that's when I get into, you know, friction with my teens and my kids tell me, you know, my son will be like, gosh, every time you see you, you make me feel like crap about myself, you know, or you're always nagging me. It's like never like any actual real questions, mom. It's just like, you're just like, get up then. So anyway, that's a little bit too much out, um, out of my life. But, um, so think about that, you know, just think about like your interactions with your teens and the, where it comes from. Some of the thoughts or the beliefs that maybe keep you stuck in those patterns with your teen. And what we do is we try to change the teen and think that, oh, if they were, if he was off screens and I wouldn't have to feel this way about myself as a parent. So then we really get into like doubling down on trying to change our teen's behavior when it's all actually coming from our thoughts. Okay. Because there's going to be something, right? I mean, if he's not on the screens, there's going to be something else that I'm going to be, that's going to come up in my mind about myself as a parent. Okay. Okay. So your thoughts have power. Your current thinking creates your current reality. Your now thinking creates your now result. Powerful. Okay. So your brain's a story-making machine. I talked about this. Like it just has tons of, obviously mine is, mine just goes, 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 goes. But your brain is, it has tens of thousands and thousands of thoughts <laughs> and it's just making stuff up. So, um, you know, most of what goes on in your brain is just unconscious, right? Um, coming up on the daily and it's just stories. It's just stories. And like I said, thoughts are the rainbow that comes and goes a sentence in your mind, a cloud going by and you're the quiet confidence of the blue sky. That's you. That's the real you. And every, we all see other people, their actions, the entirety of our world and our reality through a lens of our thoughts. Okay. And most of the time we are attached to thoughts or we believe thoughts to be true, or we make meaning out of thoughts that just come up in our brain without challenging or questioning them, okay? Maybe you spend time, especially if you're a parent, teens have an excuse on this one, protecting your ego. Doctors are really bad at this. Maybe you spend time protecting your ego and take action to protect your brain's story or what you believe to be true and prove that you're right. I know that this is true. I know this is true but you know, I don't know anything about that. Um, why is it a problem if your brain makes a bunch of stories and that's how the human brain works and there's tons of thoughts going on and those create our feelings and our actions and 
We've known this forever. So it's just a part of being a human being. So why in the world is it a problem? Well, it's not unless you get stuck or you have a maybe you're stuck in emotional childhood where you're blaming other people for how you feel and for your actions and you have that kind of pattern going on in your brain. Maybe it's causing unnecessary harm or drama in your mind because it's just like a lot of story. Have you ever had a time when you thought, and I had this happen to me today, when you thought, okay, you know, like maybe somebody sent you a text or they um, didn't respond to an email or um, you didn't get invited to something and you have this feeling come up, maybe it's shame, maybe it's fear, maybe it's disappointment, maybe it's sadness, but it's going to come up in your body and then your mind goes to making the story, the story, the story, and you get really attached to it. And you can kind of like obsess on it sometimes. I know my brain does this. And you're just MSU. My coach used to say, Carla, are you going to MSU? Make stuff up, make shit up. I mean, is it is that the truth? Do you know, like, what do you know to be true? And it's like, oh, she she's not responding to my text because, and I've coached teens on this. It's like, they thought maybe a friend, one teen I was coaching, thought maybe a friend wasn't responding to her because she was mad at her. Turned out her friend was like on vacation in a, at a place like a remote lake that had no um, service. And her, the teen I was coaching had written, I had texted her all these things and was mad at her. And I just can't believe you haven't responded and then her friend came back and got all these messages and was like, didn't want to have much to do with her. It was just like super embarrassing. She was super ashamed. And, you know, we worked on a lot of self-compassion and, but we worked on that, you know, story versus facts, you know? So what's the story and what's the facts? One thing you can do is you can write a thought download or a brain dump. And that means like writing for two to three minutes. So say you have a problem that comes up or that you're upset with. Maybe you get an email. Maybe you had a situation at school. If you're a parent, maybe you had a situation at work. Maybe it's something with your mom or dad. Maybe if you're the parent, it's something with your kids, um, something you're worried about or you're stuck or you're just like wanting to kind of write about your day. So start writing about like a situation. And if you write about a paragraph or you write for like two to three minutes, then take a highlighter out or take the pen or pencil you're writing with and circle what you know are the proven facts or underline them or highlight them. And I use this example when I'm coaching parents and I did a workshop recently and it went over really well. And the parents were like, that's my kid. And it was, a, it was the story, the narrative that the teen says, like when they're um, tardy to school. So the parent just gets these calls that their teen again has been um, tardy to school and it keeps happening and the parents getting really frustrated and they're just like, you can just get up earlier. And they're giving them all these, you know, there's the parents getting in the action line and saying, do this, do this, do this. And then nothing ever changes. And the teen story is, you know, I got, you know, I got 
to school at 8.05, you know, my alarm went off a billion times and my mom yelled up at me. She's so annoying. She told me to um, shut the snooze off. I would have shut the snooze off if my mom hadn't yelled at me. I bet I would have gotten up. She's so annoying. Um, I wish you wouldn't do that. I got in my crap car and there were so many people and idiots around the school who had no idea how to drive. And I couldn't find a parking spot because of them. And I wouldn't ever be late if, if they knew how to actually drive. I bet none of them have taken driver's ed like my parents forced me to, which I hated. Uh, so I found a parking spot. If it's illegal, I don't really care. And if I get a ticket, I'm just going to tell my mom that, you know, she shouldn't have woken me up, you know, yelled up at me at this, you know, nagged at me to get up. And if she wouldn't do that, I could have gotten up on time. I couldn't got there. And it's the fault of the kids who can't drive. And um, I have such a crap car. I don't even care if it gets hit. And then you go into class and it's 8.05 and you got that drama going on in your brain. So what's the facts out of that story that their brain's telling them? And every day it's the same thing. It's the same story that they keep believing and staying attached to. And it's, you know, got to school at 8.05. I have a car. My mom told me to turn the snooze off. Um, that's kind of it. Like it's just literally like maybe one sentence out of that story is, you know, also I took driver's ed, you know, that was another thing. So, you know, otherwise it's all made up. And so somebody else might have a different frame of mind. You know, it's just your mind and the story that you're making up and staying attached to. And not, we're not going to be a factual machine. I mean, come on. I mean, we have stress, we have anxiety, we have fears of being late. It's embarrassing. Um, or maybe you don't care. That's the other thing <laughs> that may reinforce it, but there's a lot going on there. So anyway, that's a helpful exercise for you to do. Most of the time thoughts come up as a feeling like a vibration in your body, like we talked about. So when it comes to diet thinking and beliefs, and also with parenting, most of the time, maybe what comes up in a sticky situation is disappointment, shame, or fear that'll come up. Like, is that vibration in your body? Like shame for me comes up as this like ooh, nauseating twinge, it's super uncomfortable, I can't stand it. So the more attachment to your thoughts or beliefs, the more powerful your pathway in your brain, the thinking leading to feeling, leading to doing or action like a circuit becomes in your brain. By the way, I'm writing a book to help Gen X parents deconstruct 80s harmful and unfun diet culture. So you can help your teen create healthy habits, sticks for life. And I'll share more about how important the work is to do for yourself and in your home in my book. So get ready for that. But the reality for parents is that if you don't do the work for your teen to deconstruct diet culture and see what kind of diet thinking culture and beliefs are coming up for you in your life and how it manifests in your life, you're going to perpetuate it in your home. And I've seen that. That's why I'm coaching parents now too. Okay. Um, you're going to perpetuate the diet thinking cycle in your home. And you're going to make those circuits, those think, feel, do reality circuits much more powerful in your teen's brain. And they're going to stay stuck in it. And it's not going to be helpful for them in life. 
So, but when you're aware that you're not your thoughts, your thoughts are optional, same with beliefs, you can start letting go of what doesn't serve you and create beliefs on purpose that do serve you. It's called a belief upgrade and it's an epically powerful life coaching tool. Let's start with some of the common diet thinking beliefs I've heard and thought about myself. And you may be following along, like I said, with my self-love superpower mantras that are for the month. And September is a month to challenge our beliefs and create belief upgrades. Once you become aware of the beliefs or thoughts, creating your feelings, you're there. Just pause. You can then shift to create a belief upgrade or a thoughts to think list. And I'm going to help you do that. And what that means is I'm going to share with you my 30 current diet thinking beliefs that I've heard or thought about myself. And then for each one of those, we'll do now 30 belief upgrades or ways to think about it differently. Okay. One of the things really important with a belief upgrade is that it's believable to you. So we don't want to do like a belief swap or a thought swap. It's what that's called. where you are just like toxic positivity. And you're like, mm, that doesn't resonate. No, thanks. We don't want to do that. Okay. For the 30 current thinking diet beliefs, these are things that you may be thinking that are beliefs that you may have in your brain. The only way to lose weight is to go on a diet. The only way to lose weight is to deprive myself and watch what I eat all the time. I have to count calories and be strict. If I gain weight, I will feel like a failure. If I binge, all of my work is gone. I'm out of control when it comes to sugar. I have to work out every day to lose weight. A calorie deficit is the only way to lose weight. Weighing myself is the only way to see if I'm successful or a failure. I have to set a weight loss goal. I can't eat what I want and lose weight. Everyone else gets to eat what they want. I should be able to stick to eating less sugar, but I can't. I don't believe it's possible to, for me to eat sugar in moderation. Every time I have something I need to do, I just grab my phone and I put it off. I'm such a procrastinator. I hate exercising. I'm not an athlete. I'll get bullied if I try out for a sport. I love sports, but I'm not good enough to make the team. Every time I exercise, I get so out of breath. Exercising just is not for me. There must be something wrong with my body. I would have less worries in life if my body was smaller. I'll feel good about myself when I reach my goal weight. I know I need to love myself, but how is the question? I wish I could just live my life, but everyone is so obsessed with my weight. Truth is, I don't really care about my health. I wish I wasn't judged by my body size. I wish people didn't feel so entitled to make comments about my body. I like that one. Okay, that's 30 kind of fixed and limited beliefs that are embedded in diet culture that I've heard or thought myself, many of them, at the same time. If our thoughts or beliefs create our feelings, our feelings drive our actions or inactions, if we believe these are to be true and these become internalized, and if teens have parents who believe these and have perpetuated these in their home, can you imagine the level of negativity 
when we want to create healthy habits and gain self-confidence, how can we do it with such level of negativity? And then we're told, cut calories, or your body should be a certain way, or I'll only accept you if your body is a certain size. It's not okay. It's not okay. Drop it like a book, and we're going to do it with these belief upgrades. Let's go. Here are my 30 belief upgrades for each day of September. I'm curious to discover a non-diet approach to reach my health goals. Deprivation never works long-term, is harmful, and leads to binging. I always get to choose how to measure my success. I never make gaining weight mean anything is going wrong. When I binge eat, I use my self-compassion mantras to disrupt the binge restriction cycle. My over-desire for sugary foods is a habit pathway in my brain. My body was created to move. Creating healthy habit sticks is the way to help my body reach a healthy weight set point range. I never have to weigh myself if I don't want to, especially if it's triggering for me. Setting a weight loss goal dehumanizes my body and puts all my success at the finish line. I choose to eat delicious food that serves me and my health goals. I stay out of self-judging by not judging body sizes and what others eat or don't eat. I'm curious to learn more brain science about sugar craving pathways. I am not powerless over sugar. Going on my phone is a habit and I can easily get unstuck. I can take one action step and that's enough. I get to try new ways to be active and move my body. I am an active person. My past experience trying out for new things doesn't have to be in the way of my future self. I try out for the team with every intention of making it. When I'm out of breath exercising, I can take a break. I trust I will discover fun ways to be active. My body is working. Shaming my body never works. Wishing my body was smaller creates unnecessary drama in my brain. I fully love and accept myself now. Self-love is my daily intentional habit practice. I'm choosing to live my magical life. I get to create my own definition of health that works for me. I connect with people who value body diversity. I let people know my body is my business. Woo! So I want you to write down the ones that work for you. If you're on my email list, you'll get my, you'll get my email and you can write them down on a post-it note, check them off, go on my blog and you can, you know, print that off, download that. Please share that with everybody. This is such powerful work. When you learn this tool, this is like a self-coaching tool. This is a life coaching tool that helps not just with diet culture, weight, health, it helps with everything, with every problem, with relationships, with school, with dreams, you know, wanting to be creative, everything in life. It just helps with everything to be able to do these belief upgrades. And it takes a lot of practice and a lot of work. So for October, I'm talking about obesity is hormonal. It's not caloric. Okay. So we're going to be challenging more beliefs. I'm going to get more into reversing and helping you all with reversing insulin resistance, talking about PCOS, 
talking about metabolic health reset and get ready for, I have parent coaching work, workshop coming up on September 13th. I have, so go to my website, register for that. It's awesome. You get 90 minutes of Zoom coaching with me. We really cut the crin so parents can help their teens have healthy conversations with your teens about health and weight and sticky subjects like body images. You can help your teen with belief upgrades. It starts with you parents, that's the pre-work. And then we get into doing the work is my course called Health Yourself, which is a basically a metabolic health reset for parents and teens. Yes, I'm coaching both parents and teens. I'm sure you all have goals. Within three months, you're gonna have a, literally a 90 day healthy habits stick. And it's you're gonna learn so many amazing tools and get my life coaching and support and access to me who's, you know, I'm here for you. I'm here for you all. Please share it. And um, you know, this is powerful work. Okay. And share IME community with everybody. All right. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the IME community podcast, where self-love is your superpower. The content of this podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carla Lester and is not intended as, and shall not be understood as, a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions shared reflect the host and guest and do not represent an organization or medical group. Always seek the advice of your physician or therapist if you have concerns about your health. And please, like and subscribe to the IME Community Podcast. Share IME with your friends and go to imecommunity.com to join the member community. Don't forget to follow IME on social.